Welcome to episode 115 of the Animal Addicts podcast. On today's episode, Casey talks about a zoo being able to give their animals a COVID vaccine. And I talk about yet another escaped animal from a zoo and the burial for P-22, the Hollywood cat. We learn about two new aquatic picks this week and about our very interesting animal of the week. So let's dive into episode 115 of the Animal Addicts podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 115 of the Animal Addicts podcast. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new assortment of super fun animals. But before we get into that, Casey, what have you been up to since last I saw you? I watched Puss in Boots with my mom and sisters. I want to say that so bad. How sh- was it? It was great. I loved it. Yay. Yep. I especially love the puppy in the movie. There's a puppy? There's a puppy. He I've... pretends to be a cat, but he's oh, a puppy. Oh, how cute. I just he's heard that cute. the wolf was really sexy, is what I keep seeing online. <laughs> So. Here's the thing: it's like the wolf's barely in it. Oh, sad times. <laughs> but I mean, the pictures I've seen of him, he does look really yeah. like, you know, that kind of like attitude. He could get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that makes me laugh. I also remember just like being a kid, and it was like Robin Hood was really hot as a fox, know. you know? <laughs> it's like all right. no, like um, I think I also saw that for like the fox that was in Zootopia. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, the suit kind of ruins it. Yeah. Like, Robin Hood was, like, pretty yeah. pretty great. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So, continue on. So, anyway, so it was really good. Yes, I really liked it. And it was, like, it's kind of slow in beginning. And it's, like, because, like, the him singing about the, his greatness, basically. But his, it's, the song's basically a big ego stroke in the beginning. Okay. And it's, like, I get annoyed a bit with that. But then it starts going to his, like, how he spent his nine lives, <laughs> and um, and then um, he starts spiraling when he meets the wolf, and Aww. then it picks up from there. That I was, so where did you see it? Is it I watched streaming? it at home. A uh, streaming service yep. or who has it? I think Hulu. Oh wait, was no Netflix. I think Netflix has it. <sighs> okay, I gotta get on that. I kept looking for it for a while because I kept seeing ads. I'm like, oh, and I have like six different streaming services or something ridiculous like that and I, I was like it has to be on one of these and it wasn't on any of them I'm like are you kidding me I'm like I just want to watch this movie I'm waiting for Netflix's new thing password thing yeah, to happen to... I know it's yeah. gonna be a whole ordeal I told because like I have other people that use mine mm-hmm. and I'm like well and they've been like giving me money toward it because it's gotten more and more expensive yeah and I'm like well if you get kicked out you can stop giving me money for it <laughs> Because, like, also, but one of the arguments was, like, if I'm already paying, because I am paying the more expensive one so that you can watch on multiple devices at the same time, I'm, like, I'm already paying more for mm-hmm. that. So then no one's going to keep that level. Everyone's going to drop to, like, a low level yeah. if you do. Anyway, they're also, stupid. Also, I want to say, um, this movie gave me feelings. It's, like, it pulled my heartstrings near the end. Really? Which really takes a lot to do. <laughs> oh, okay. Did Up do it? Up? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Yeah. All right. I saw this thing the other day, and it was, like, the saddest moments in movies. I'm like, I shouldn't look at this because it's going to ruin. It's going to spoiler, like, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things were spoiled. Anyway, but you haven't seen I Am Legend yet, have you? A zombie movie. Uh, Will Smith and a dog. 
and a bunch of Oh, Americans. no. My family ranch it one night, but I had to do something yeah, okay. I didn't want to watch Anyway, it. so that one was on there. I'm like, accurate. <laughs> Should be. The, I remember I went to go see A Dog's Purpose when it came out in theaters. Uh-huh. And, like, I never cry at movies. I literally cry the first 10 minutes of that I movie. I will not go see any dog movies because you know how it's going to go. And then one was like when Marley dies at the end of Marley and me. I'm like, I already knew that was a spoiler, yeah. but like I'm not watching it. I'm not watching any of this stuff. It's not happening. We're not doing it. What was the last thing I saw and there was a dog? I'm like, you better not kill this dog. I'm going to be real upset. Uh, or the horse too. I think mm-hmm. I was watching, La- I'm behind The Last of Us. But they had the horse. I'm like, if they kill that horse, I'm going to be so pissed. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um... Okay, well, that's fun. Mm -hmm. I really want to see it. Speaking of movies, I watched another documentary. So I watched, uh, once again, on Disney+. Plus. I realize now I have PBS streaming, so I think I can watch, like, I don't know if it has, like, Our Planet, but it has David Attenborough-y type more things. Daddy Attenborough. Sure, that's really (laughs) weird. I would not say that he's, like, sexy, so that's a strange thing to say. Also, speaking of which... It wasn't really enough of a story to share, but um, did you see apparently the BBC is canceling some Attenborough specials because they're afraid it's going to comment negatively on what they're doing toward global warming and environmental protections. Really? So there's like this whole like people are pissed. So they're like canceling some episodes because they're afraid he's going to be too negative about Oh my god. Anyway. You know, the other thing is like Attenborough like way back was like on the fence on climate change too. So it's like, yeah. Well, anyway, all I saw was like a blurb, and it was like, and that he's gonna like be criticizing essentially their efforts and like Uh, environmental stuff. So anyway, so they're like canceling it, and people are not happy. Anyway, I'm not happy just by hearing that. Yeah, in general, also doesn't have to be Dave Attenborough, but like he seems to be a bit of a national treasure over Mm -hmm. there. So anyway, all right. So anyway, back to (laughs) movies. My bad. So I watched on Disney Plus um, more in the Supernatural series, which is the one that's narrated by Benedict Cumberbatch, and I do still say I think this is my favorite version. Mm. They definitely do use talked about penguins yet. He hasn't gotten to penguins yet. I think it might be the next episode, but I don't think it's that documentary. It must be another documentary because that happened years ago, and Mm. this is pretty recent. This is like last year or something. I think came out anyway um so this one well first of all before i get into what it is um they definitely do visual aids i will say like to show so like one instance is a polar bear picking up the scent of a seal so they make like this purpley dusty magic-y thing so it's like showing you visually like the suit the scent seal coming to it so it's cool in that way because it displays that but i really feel like a lot of people especially children are going to watch that and think that that's actually what's happening (laughs) that this purple mist is coming off the seal and going to the polar bear or that the leaves are caking themselves in this purple stuff to like protect themselves from the i think it was the moth that you like the death head moth anyway well the caterpillars specifically but anyway oh the caterpillar because they eat tomato plants Mm. Tomato oh. plants, though, because it's, it's Benedict Cumberbatch. That's not the moth I thought you were talking about. Oh, it's a death head something. Because oh. hmm. he has a skull in the back of him. Oh, then that would be it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Anyway. But they don't eat tomatoes. Well, they're caterpillars, do. Yeah. They eat tomato plants. Whatever this thing is, but it has a skull on the back of its wings. Hmm. It eats tomato plants. On its wing? Oh. Tomato plants, though, the way he says it, because he's British. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. so this episode was eat or be eaten. So I was like, well, this one's probably going to break out of the safe zone. And it did. I'm giving it mostly safe. So you still don't follow the main family like in other things, but there is a lot of death, as you would kind of expect from something called eat or be eaten. <laughs> 
So um, some animals are really cool, though. Like this one, um, Anoli, I think. Did you say Anoli? Yeah, because I saw it that way once. But anyway, one little Anole lizard dude. Also, watching him swim is so cute. Anyway, but um, so he's running from this bird. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> anyway, but it's totally dinosaur action. So the bird doesn't see it if he doesn't move. So he like runs and then holds still. And then the bird loses sight of him. And then he runs then holds still. But then he goes underwater and they like use bubbles off their back. And they can hold their breath for like 18 minutes or something underwater. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was pretty cool. But they talk about polar bears, obviously. And then that's not a great scene. <laughs> And then they chose orcas. And of course, what orcas did they choose? The Patagonia bastards. Of course, that's the the worst one. I would say it's the worst group. And that's the one they choose. And of course, they show that. And I just hate it. So anyway, this one's mostly safe because you definitely see baby animals and animals dying. And it's not as... Some of their other things, like, they cut to it, but they don't show you them taking it down. And they just show it when it's already, like, halfway eaten. Hmm. So this one, they show you taking them down. And it's kind of sad. Anyway, so it's not great. They do briefly show the ones, the orcas that, you know, smack the fish with their tails. And I'm like, thank you. Show more of that. Those are the good ones. I accept these orcas. They're great. They stun them (laughs) and they eat them. And it's great. That's how they should do it. Not these absolute, these little bastards. Anyway, some part of me is like, I hope you get beached. I hope you get beached, you little fucker. Anyway, (laughs) can you imagine if it died and then all the like seals would go and like bite it? (laughs) <laughs> if I was a little seal, I'd be like, fuck you. I'm going to bite the shit out of you. I'm going to pee on you. I'm going to do all kinds of shit. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. So, anyway. So, Supernatural Eater Be Eaten is, I think, the first in this series that is a mostly safe. So, we'll see if it escalates and if the next one will be not safe. But, anyway. But I do love Benedict Cumberbatch as a narrator, i got to say. Anywho, but let's move on into... Let's move on into what we want to talk about today. So, Casey, take it away. Yes. So, it's technically, is it past vaccination season? For the flu or what? I don't know. I just wanted to <laughs> I wanted to pick up the flow, make it seem natural. Sure. But, you wanted to segue. I don't know. I don't know. know when the actual season, probably, because it's usually winter. Yeah. Well, anyways, there's still vaccinations going on uh, because Niabi Zoo actually um, ha- gave some COVID-19 vaccinations to some of their animals. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. I still haven't gotten my last booster. I'm bad. Me too. Oops. You really should get it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so a group of Niabi Zoo animals ranging from Amur leopards to fennec foxes have received the first and second rounds of the veterinary COVID-19 vaccine produced actually says COVID vaccine, so I'm I'm assuming it's for 19, Mm -hmm. produced and donated by the pharmaceutical company Zotis. Um, When the, so when this vaccine was first developed, um, Niobe Zoo reached out to manufacturer and was placed on a waiting list. (laughs) Where is Niobe Zoo, by the way? Niobe Zoo, I believe it's in Illinois. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyway, so Navy Zoo, like several other zoos, when they found out about this veterinary COVID vaccine, they reached out and wanted to get some of their animals it. And, of course, they got put on a waiting list because so many other facilities right. are trying to do the same. Um, but they received its first doses back in January. Um, and the first round of second doses were given on February 6th and February 27th. And a second group of animals will receive their vaccination in the coming weeks. Because I can tell... and wanted to talk about this because one of the big issues with zoological care is zoonoses and those are diseases that transfer from humans right. to animals I remember or having vice to versa hand those out at work yeah with certain animals mm-hmm. 
And a good example of this would be COVID because the hypothesis is it started with either pangolins or bats and then transferred to humans. And that's why it's a complete mess. Mm-hmm. And it's also the reason why we have so many foot baths that work to prevent cross-contamination. Yeah. And uh, we actually just had our, we're doing some vaccinations right now for um, distemper and rabies with some of our animals. Mm, so okay. because of that, it made me think of that. So I wanted to talk about it because <laughs> okay. I had to give not vaccinations, but shots recently Ooh. to an alligator. No, thank you. <laughs> where do you even do it on the belly? No, on the arm. Oh, okay. Yes. Like, like, it's, in like the crease or like where? It's between the scales. Oh God. Yeah. No, it's thank an you. intramuscular uh, shot. So you go in between the scales and go straight down. I don't want to give a vaccine to an alligator. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a was an antibiotic because reptiles are a pain. So whenever you have to give an antibiotic, it's by injection. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So one of our, our other alligator, um, who's the oldest, um, when she has to get injections, we actually have to get on top of her to hold her still because she's bigger yeah. and then give the injection. And there was a period of time where anytime we walked by her enclosure, she, she went back inside her house. Yeah, I'm sure. She's like, fuck you guys. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. And envious because I think it would be very nice to have some of our animals have a COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah, it would be nice yeah. for all of them to have it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's tough to, I just want to be done with COVID. Me too. It's just never ending. I don't think we're ever going to be done with it. It's just going to be the new flu that you have to mm-hmm. get a new thing every single year. Oh, God. Yeah. So like, much. we have no clue when we're going to stop masking at work. No. It's Certainly not anytime soon. Not soon. No. And the numbers keep, like, fluctuating, going back up. And then it's like, oh, God, yeah. just, I just can't. Anyway. But at some point, we have to get back to a normal life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember the most recent uh, report from side the scientific consensus was that 2024 would be when we're kind of back to normalcy kind of back to normalcy Basically. i want back to normalcy i don't know i'm just i know i'm gonna be masking now i think in a lot of situations mm-hmm. because i'm like i just don't want to get a flu either i don't want any of the stuff but also i do need yeah. to let myself get sick so that my immune system has something mm-hmm. to go off of anyway yeah i have not gotten sick in so long <laughs> like i think it was last time i got really sick was when i got uh the flu a cup like don't not last year but the year before around christmas yeah well, that's usually the time you get it yeah but that's what i'm saying i used to get a cold which would last for at least three weeks same every single not year anymore. at some no. point every single year. yeah but because we've been masking i know and I doing just... all these precautions that's what i'm saying we're not getting sick anymore so i'm like i need to get someone with like a really mild cold and be like i'm gonna catch this on purpose so that my system has something to fight <laughs> and then that's it i'm masking and everything again Anyway, although apparently all of my, I'm doing more, you know, medically stuff and starting to taper off the steroids and stuff. But anyway, so I do a whole new round of blood work and a lot of it came back abnormal. And then when I'm looking at the stuff and what these things mean, a lot of it's like immunocompromised. I'm like, that's fun. Okay, great. Anyway, so, all right, well, moving on to my stories. I have two pretty short stories, so I'm going to share both. Anyway, the first one, Casey, anytime we go to the animal park now or the zoo, Anywhere we are, I want to know my exit route (laughs) and where I'm going immediately for safety. Because yet again, another animal has escaped Mm -hmm. from a zoo. It's crazy how this keeps happening, guys. All right. So the is the Henry Dorley Zoo, by the way, your favorite. A cheetah got out of its enclosure. You know, the thing is, I remember this story. 
I do not remember seeing cheetahs when I was a kid there. Yeah, maybe they didn't have them. I don't know. Also, this enclosure does not look very nice. Look at this. This looks pretty... This is supposed to be a great zoo, and this looks like a side-of-the-road type zoo. Anyway, um, so anyway, essentially what happened, I'm not going to give you the details. It's very short, but um, it was Tuesday afternoon, sometime way earlier this month, or maybe at the beginning of la- geez, end of last month. Anyway, um, so the cheetah got out at 3.40 in the afternoon, so they definitely had people in the zoo at the time. It got out of its primary enclosure, but it stayed behind the public barrier, which is like a four-foot fence. (laughs) So not going to do much necessarily. But anyway, so the zoo said emergency protocols were immediately followed. Guest students and staff were all taken to secure locations. Also, I want to know what secure locations means. Like, to be real, if you have a group of cheat people, I'm not that concerned about a cheetah. Like, you're going to scare that off pretty easily. A group of people outside with a lion, though, we're going to have a problem. (laughs) It's like, is the secure location actually inside? That's my question, folks. I want to know what the secure location is. Anyway, and all zoo entrances were closed. And they go on to talk about it. But anyway, um, oh, excuse me. So the zoo staff said they could see the cheetah throughout the entire ordeal. And she was walked back into her night quarters without trouble. Anyway, they talk about that they have procedures in place and everything for that. That's basically it. So this cheetah, this female cheetah, got out of her enclosure. So I will say, if anything's going to get out of an enclosure, I'd much rather run into a cheetah than, like, a lion mm-hmm. or a gorilla or a chimp or many other things. I'm like, I can, I can deal with a cheetah. It's not going to feel good, but I can deal with it. Anyway, so um, I just, I feel like every week another zoo animal has gotten out of its enclosure which just makes me very nervous that this keeps happening because with dallas it was somebody messing with it but they're just just getting out the taronga zoo lions got out no thank you a cheetah got out there's um zuziana and um i keep wanting to say florida i know it's louisiana because it (laughs) runs with zuzi okay (laughs) they had uh spider monkeys uh someone break in spider monkeys got out um as you talk, I'm assuming they found the person that did it because yeah. they have security cameras up and could identify them, but they, they're still at large. Oh, no. So they're just out running around somewhere in the city? I have no clue. Or the person actually stole them? It seems like the person took them, but it's Okay. Not. Anyway, it is crazy. Anyway, it makes me not feel great <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I'm like, I just feel like anywhere we go now, you have to know where to run. If you're in the upper area, like there's the stores. Not that that's holding back a lot of animals, but like, you know... When you're down below, you're kind of, there's nowhere really inside except for that one little store over by like the cheetahs. That's about the only enclosed place down there. It's like all you got. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't even think the bathrooms and the outlook, I think they're open. Oh, yeah, there's a door. Open. So like you can't even like, there's nowhere to go. <laughs> anyway, you're just, you're just dead. I guess you're just dead. That's the, that's the, and up at the like tigers, same thing. Nothing closes. Your best thing is if you're up by the Australia walkabout, if you go in those bathrooms. They're yeah. like little tin things. That's, that's as good as you're going to get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so let's hope that doesn't happen there because that's horrifying. Anyway, so that's my one story. And then my other story is that the um, California mountain lion P-22, the famous Hollywood cat, was laid to rest in a tribal burial. I'm not going to go too much into that. But anyway, um, uh, he was, I think it's in the Santa Monica Mountains is where they uh, laid him to rest. But anyway, and it was a bit of a thing because... Um, They want to, um, traditionally, they want to bury all of the mountain lion, but some of the zoos, not zoos, but the scientists and stuff want to keep samples of him so they can test things and Mm -hmm. see what's going on. But that was a bit of an issue because they wanted to bury all of it for reasons. Um, 
But anyway, I don't know whether they wound up on that. They didn't specify. But anyway, so they buried him in a tribal ceremony in the Santa Monica Mountains on Saturday. And then I think they said they took a boulder from, I think they took it from Griffith and stuck it like where he is because Griffith Mm -hmm. is where he lived. Anyway, so, but um, he got a whole burial and everything, and it was great. And then one of the ladies who works there said she was, um, it was a beautiful ceremony for him. So anyway, so there you go. I will obviously have the articles linked, and you can look into it more if you would like. But that's going to bring us to our picks. And again, no uh, segue (laughs) whatsoever. Mm. I guess if you're in the Australia area, nowhere to run. What even up there would be a problem, though? A cassowary? <laughs> um, emu. They don't have an emu up there. Wait, why are we talking? We said Australia, or... No, I mean, Aust- like, the walkabout at the zoo. Oh! Well, if you got in with a cassowary. No, I know, but I'm saying if an animal got out up there and you had to run somewhere. But I feel like a cassowary is the only thing that could actually... I guess tigers are pretty close. Yeah. All right, so anyway, so Casey, it was your turn to choose our picks. Yes. And what did you choose? I went with aquatic Oceania animals. Woo! And what did you... I feel like we both kind of picked sort of basic things. Yes. That's not basic. I. It kind of is, no, but okay. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. I guarantee most people don't know about it. I'm just going to say mine is cooler, but anyway, because mine's one of the coolest ever. Anyway, continue on. So I went with the freshwater crocodile. Okay. So tell us about them and why they're so cool. So their scientific name is Crocodilus johnsoni, mm-hmm. a species endemic to northern Australia and lives in freshwater wetlands, billabongs, and rivers. Billabongs? Yeah. Is that where that company got its name? I don't know if that's where it what? got the name. What is a billabong? I'm so, looking it up. Okay. I'm looking it up. Okay, continue on. I'm sorry. So these guys have been known to live up to 50 years. This species is relatively small compared to other crocodiles, like its much more famous cousin, the saltwater crocodile. The freshwater crocodile measures in at about 2.3 to 3 meters long. Meters. I'm not looking. Okay. <laughs> and weigh about 45 to 90 kilograms. Okay. Just like all crocodilians, the freshwater crocodile is an opportunistic predator. They will feed on a variety of prey items like aquatic insects, fish, frogs, turtles, and mammals. They largely rely on the sit-and-wait hunting technique and simply wait for the prey to come get to them, kind of like Uber Eats. Ha 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 ha. I thought it was fun. <laughs> okay. The name freshwater crocodile can be a bit of a misnomer because this species has been known to venture into brackish water as well. Okay, well. But it is a crocodile. <laughs> One way to distinguish them apart from the saltwater crocodile, uh, aside from overall size, is the their snout. Freshwater crocodiles has a much more slender snout, as they typically go after smaller prey. This species also seems to have a calmer disposition to the salties, but have been known to bite humans in self-defense. Because the salties are salty. Yeah, they're salty. <laughs> okay. One interesting thing about the species is that they seem to have some affinity for their dry season body of water. Because when they were tagged, they found that 72.8% of the marked crocodiles returned to the same body of water in two successive dry seasons. Those individuals that don't have constant availability to water go into a dormant state during the winter months. They will find a shelter in dens and will dig out into the banks along dry rivers and remain there until the wet season returns. Wow. One unique aspect about this species is they are sometimes referred to as pulse nesters. 
because during the nesting season, all the females nest synchronously within a three-week period. Oh, that's weird. Mm -hmm. Freshwater crocodile is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list. Their population is stable, but they still face a few threats. There have been some regions that have been have been declining ever since the invasion of cane toads in Australia. Oh, yeah. Because they don't know better, so they'll chomp on them, and then they get poisoned. Yep. Other potential threats to the species are nest raids by animals like invasive pigs, dingoes, and feral dogs. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't... I guess. I just wouldn't think of dogs really going after eggs. I guess I'd see them, like, digging and just destroying yeah. the egg more than eating it. Anyway. All right, uh, just so you know, first of all, when I searched Billabong, the first thing to come up was that company, yeah, I which know. I don't even know if that's still alive because I've not seen any of their stuff anymore. I think anymore. so because I swear there's a Billabong by uni- on uh, Oh, Universal is that that Walk. one that's over by the front? Yeah, yeah, it could be. Anyway, well, they are still because they have an ad. But anyway, so a Billabong is a dead-end channel extending from the mainstream of a river. So there you go. Or a stream bed filled with water only in the rainy seasons. What a weird thing. Obviously, the Aussies came up with that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, okay. So my choice, I had asked permission if mine was too basic, but I'm so happy we went with it because it's amazing. I chose the platypus because I love them. And God help me with this name. Okay, here we go. So their scientific name is Ornithorhynchus and not tinnus not tinnus i'm gonna say anyway we're moving on they are native to eastern australia and tasmania and can be found in freshwater systems like rivers and streams not billabongs anyway their lifespan in the wild is about 7 to 14 years and captivity around 21 years males tend to be larger than females about 40 to 63 centimeters i love i'm doing this when i've seen one but anyway they don't look like they're 63 centimeters that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. The ones we have seen are not 63 <laughs> centimeters. I don't know what they're smoking. Is this more accurate? That's a little more accurate. If it includes the tail. Mm-hmm. If it includes the tail, the 40 is what the ones here look like. Anyway, I guess I should say what that is. 40 centimeters, by the way, is about 16 inches. Anyway, um, and then females get about 37 to 55 centimeters. Oh, sorry. Also, the males weigh um, 0.8 to 3 kilograms, and the females weigh 0.6 to 1.7 kilograms. They feed mainly on aquatic invertebrates like insects, insect larvae, shrimp, and crayfish called yabbies. Okay, that's amazing. They also have an incredibly high metabolism, and each day a platypus needs to eat the equivalent of 20% of its body weight in food, which results in them spending about 12 hours searching for food. Poor little babies. They also don't have teeth and instead scoop up gravel from the bottom of the stream they're in to help them chew, quotation marks. Instead of teeth, they have mouth pads made up of keratin, and these pads get replaced throughout its life. The bill of the platypus is actually not hard like a duck's bill, but it is soft, and it is an important tool for sensing prey. It has things called push rods, which respond to stimuli like touch, pressure, sound waves, and motion. Their bill also has around... 40,000 electroreceptors to help them find prey, and they function similar to the ampullae? Ampullae. Ampullae, sure. Oh, God. Or Lorenzini. Lorenzini? Of Lorenzini. Lorenzini. Ampullae de Lorenzini. Oh, my God. If you do Ampule it right. Ampullae of Lorenzini of a shark. Hate it. Anyway, surprisingly, despite being an aquatic mammal, the platypus can't hold their breath for very long and only go on dives for about two minutes. 
The platypus is unquestionably known for being amongst the world's few egg-laying mammals. Many people believe that giving birth is a requirement to be a mammal, but a mammal, but it is not. But one of the unifying characteristics is nursing. They're young, but platypus are unique in that they do not nurse with nipples. Instead, milk kind of just oozes out of their skin on their bellies. So gross. <laughs> that part's not cute about a platypus. It's cool, though. Yeah, sure. It is. <laughs> anyway, can you imagine if we oozed milk out of our bellies? It'd gross. be cool. Ew. Anyway, another bizarre feature about the platypus is that the males have a venomous spur on their hind feet. Even though it is not fatal to humans, it is able to deliver enough venom to kill a medium-sized dog, oh no, and will put you in excruciating pain, so don't pick it up. The platypus is currently listed as near-threatened by the IUCN Red List. The main threat to the species is development and human expansion, which is disrupting aquatic ecosystems, which the platypus relies on to survive. Do we know why they have that spur? What is the point it's, of it? It's um, to defend their territory, especially against other males, for... And as well as fight for females. I mean, I get having a spur to fight, but I don't see why it has to be venomous. I mean, are they immune to their venom? I don't know. I have to find that out because, like, I think I they, feel like you would have to be because I feel like you could easily stab yourself. Yeah. When you're swimming around. Anyway, um, but platypus are the cutest freaking things. I love them. They're adorable. I love them so much. Okay, well, that is going to bring us into our animal of the week, which is not as cute as a platypus. It's cool, though. <laughs> he had to, like, he was sad about that. Anyway, our animal of the week this week is... The Australian lungfish. The Australian lungfish. Tell us about them, Casey. So, these guys are in the order Dipnoi. Oh, that's fun. And they're in the family Neoceratodontidae. That's a really fun family. Neoceratodontidae? Yes. I like that one. That one's fun. And their scientific name is Neoceratodus forsteri. Okay. <laughs> they are endemic to a small region in eastern Queensland, only found in a few sluggish body of waters over there, and that is why they're also known as the Queensland lungfish. Okay. So they can live to be at least 20 to 25 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh. But these guys are among the longest living vertebrates on Earth, and they have been known to live into their 80s. Oh my God! There was one named Methuselah. Um, oh, that's a fun name. I think it was Methuselah. Um, there's been a couple old ones that I know of. Um, he lived at the Shed Aquarium and was at least 83 years old, but estimates put his true age at possibly over 100. Oh my God! Mm -hmm. They had to like pass him down from keeper to keeper. Yep. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, just think about, like, the tortoises over at the San Diego Zoo. Oh, my gosh, Zoo. I know. They've been there since they opened. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> yep. And these guys, they're pretty decent size. They can measure in one and a half meters long. I'm not going to measure that. That's big. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and they will eat a variety of prey items, including frogs, tadpoles, small fish, snails, shrimp, and earthworms. Okay. Yep. I feel like watching that eat an earthworm would just be weird because they're long. Yeah. But anyway, okay. But these guys are pretty sluggish animals. They don't move very much. They tend to have like this whole, their own little pool that they don't stray very far from. And they okay. tend to just be ambush predators. All right. Yep. One unique thing about these guys is that there's actually about six species of lungfish out there. Um, most of the lungfish actually have paired lungs, but the Australian lungfish only has one. Wait, what, what would a paired lung be? I mean, they just have like one on ours. either side? Okay, okay. Yeah. So most have that. These guys have just one. Okay. Yeah. 
and as you may expect it, it just functions very similar to like us. They come up, gulp for some air, especially when water levels are starting to get low. That way they can supplement their oxygen needs. Okay. Yep. I just want to segue to the African lungfish real quick. I could not confirm whether the Australian does this too. I'm assuming it does based on what I know about other lungfish. Uh, but when it dries out and the water gets really low and they'll be gulping more and more. Um, and so they're, the water where they live is basically going to disappear soon. Mm -hmm. So instead what they start to do is... Um, they will actually start secreting large amounts of mucus. And the mucus eventually hardens and they form a cocoon. And the fish will stay dormant in there for several months Whoa. until the rains come back and then they'll emerge and come back to life. And That's they, crazy. Yes, it's so cool. <laughs> These guys are uh, very interesting to talk about in the evolutionary sense because we talk about like fish and Fun fact, fish are not a thing if you think of phylogenetics and that kind of stuff. Oh, God. Okay. So technically, they're what we call a lobefin fish because uh, there's like the rayfin fish, the cartilaginous fish, and then the lobefin fish. What is a rayfin? What is the difference? Rayfin is, well, I'll tell you. So lobefin fish, like them, they kind of have bones sort of like ours. Okay. Yep. And then they have a bunch of tiny little bones in the parts of their fins at the end. Okay. Um, rayfin fish, they don't have those kinds of fins it's kind of their own unique structure and it kind of looks like rays like you know if you imagine a fish's fin it kind of like goes out all like that okay um as you would expect and then these very tiny little bones that have their own assortment and it's not reminiscent of our arm at all okay yeah and the hypothesis because these guys are technically more closely related to us than they are to other fish oh my god of course they are. Kind of anyway, like the coelacanthus, okay. so they're closer, more closely related to us than they are to other fish. Ridiculous. And they're kind of reminiscent of like a good stand-in for the a representative of the oldest of the first animals that came onto land. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yes, so they can breathe air. And the hypothesis for why lobe fins evolved is that. Not that necessarily come out onto land. Instead, it was good for living in shallow water, and they kind of help maneuver through mangrove kind of swampy-ish areas. Okay. Where you can, like, use it kind of move vegetation out of the way as you're swimming. <laughs> okay. I lost my place. Oh, no. So these guys are living fossils. Um, they have been around for a long time and they're pretty similar to the lungfish fossils that we find that are around 380 million years old wow oh god oh. that's bigger than i thought it was gonna be yes well I that know. makes sense because you said it was big i just didn't really put it together as being like that that's Ugh. okay anyway continue on <laughs> yeah. so they still do have gills like other fish do but it's a survival strategy because in australia because water loves wet seasons dry seasons especially in the dry seasons get really low right so and they also don't live in very fast moving water so there's not a lot of agitation to put oxygen back in right so it's an evolutionary adaptation so they can supplement the oxygen needs as their water water needs uh the water goes down so their oxygen supply also goes down right they're and so weird they look kind of like a salamander yeah, they kind of do. Newt. It's because of those weird little fins. Those fins and then that tail. Look at the weird tail. That's like yep. a newt. 
Anyway. I wouldn't say a newt, but it is unique, I will say that. Definitely unique, that's for sure. (laughs) So, these guys, unfortunately, are listed as an endangered species by the IUCN Red List. And currently, their biggest threats are damming. And also because of human development, there's increased amounts of sediment. Mm-hmm. And when you live in very shallow waters, when you have more sediment getting dumped in, it's not good for your water levels. No. Yeah. There's also other pollutants that are going to be entering into the waterways along with that. But they are protected and they are classified as what is called a no-take species over in Queensland. So you literally cannot fish for them at all. Mm. Um, some are still taken illegally and they are listed under CITES due to a help prevent them being caught into the international aquarium trade. Okay. And I will say, I have actually seen one of these in an aquarium store. Oh, really? Yes, in Escondido. (gasps) Oh, no. Yeah. So that probably means they're illegal then, right? I don't know, because there's a few people, just like a very small handful of people that have licenses to have a brood stock of them. So, I don't know. But I feel like you wouldn't be able to sell them then. Yeah. To people who don't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That seems weird. Yes, it was very weird when I went and saw it. Was it it for sale or was it just like on display? I don't know. I can't remember. It was a while back. Okay. I kind of hope. I hope it was on a display. Hopefully it was just a display. display. Although I don't know why. That would be a big tank you would need for that. Damn. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay. But that is the. Oh, Australia. that was the end. Okay, yes. sorry. I just, I really love how they go into a, like a cocoon. I want to see the cocoon. Yeah. I don't know if there's a picture of that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Billabong still cracks me up. Lungfish cocoon. Go. That's weird. Okay. Anyway. Um. Okay. Cool. Well. Um. Hey, Casey. Yes, Allie. Why does keeping a fish tank at home have a calming effect on the brain? I don't know. Because of the indoor fins. Oh my. <laughs> I like uh, that one. That one cracks me up. Anyway. All right. Well, it's time for a challenge. And um, much like last week where we died, I don't expect this to go very well because I have made a bit of a tough one. So this is also an alphabet spinoff. And what we have to do is name animals. We're not limited to regions at all. That have to begin and end with the same letter. So, for example, pretend tiger was spelled tigert. It would begin with a T and end with a T. Also, I will say we can do something really simple like tiger. Or we can do something that's like, you know, four words part of the animal. Like, you know, like a yellow-bellied marmot. <laughs> Three words. As long as the first letter of the first word and the last letter of the last word are the same we're I also good. love it how you're not specifically not using any examples. Obviously not, because we need all of them. <laughs> all right, so let's see who's going to go first. Please not me. It's me. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <sighs> Are we ready? Yes. Okay, we understand the premise? Yes. All right, here we go. Anaconda. Damn. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. You can do it. Can I? Yeah. I believe in you. That makes one of us. <laughs> I just have my anaconda, don't. 
stuck <laughs> oh in my, my head. Oh my gosh, no. I know I'm having trouble thinking right now, but I know when Can I, I just say tit? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll accept thank that. You. We can totally do super simple things. Okay, I'm gonna do one that's a little bit harder. Um, Somali wild ass. Oh gosh. <laughs> that's a good one. Hmm. It was funny when I was kind of thinking like if this would even like make any sense. And I was like, what are some of our picks? And like two of them right off the bat were, and I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> um how can I not think? There's one that's found in South America. Have we talked about it? No. <laughs> but it's like known. I don't want to give you too many hints. Mm-hmm. I use it in a pun. That's okay. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to focus on South America and hopefully something comes to me. Nope, that's not it. But I'll say it anyway. They're related to llamas. Alpaca. Yeah, alpaca on my bags. <laughs> um shoot. Oh, there's something easier. Okay, I remember one I was just thinking of recent ones. I was like a yellow oh shit, yellow footed rock wallaby. It's oh, yeah. yellow footed. And I was like, that's fucking crazy that, that works. My goodness. is so hard you can do it it can be very simple i know but i can't think of anything because like the tit was just a random thing i knew yeah it's a bird um let's see robin's not quail no We're doing great. Okay. Yeah, we are. We're doing great. I've already forgotten. I know I had thought of more than that. Oh, my goodness. And I've forgotten who they are now, so that's not good. Oh, I will say dog breeds also I would accept. Any breeds I would accept. Bunny oh. breeds, dog breeds, anything too. Oh, gosh. Dachshund. Yay! <laughs> Rottweiler. <laughs> um, my goodness, that's all I have. I know. I'm trying to think of like any cat breeds. <laughs> what? I can't think of anything. Oh, I thought you were mad at yourself for not thinking of something. Um, um, this is way worse than last one. <laughs> It was pretty difficult. Mm hmm. Um, there had to be fish. I know, that's what I've been trying to think of. I feel like there has to be like an eel or something. Nope. I thought I had it, but nope. <laughs> or like a snake. We're doing really well. Yeah, we're horrible. 
and we have less than 20 seconds oh good <laughs> so the suffering will end soon. it will end soon <laughs> yes, i'm trying to think of spiders too it's like no can't think of any oh my god i have two. <laughs> oh well ring-tailed lemur red ruffed lemur injury okay it's a lemur irikanji I, I, if you didn't say jellyfish <laughs> i'm thinking i i now too oh wait no that's no nope, wrong eye <laughs> that's not it anyway that was a challenging one yeah i feel like but i kept thinking about ones that started with the same letter like electric eel oh yeah, it's yeah like, no. No, that's no it's not far more difficult to get them to like line up that way anyway so you'll have to let us know how you did folks because that one was a struggle i expected that one to be a struggle though to be fair i did think we would do slightly better yeah not by much just because when i was thinking of that as a concept i was like there were like four that right away came i'm like oh okay this is doable <laughs> and then i proceeded to forget them but anyway, there you go. I'm just trying to think, like, uh, if you said, like, isn't there a Sudanese rhinoceros or something like that? There's a, Sum oh, my gosh, Sumatran rhinoceros. Yeah, there we go. There's but, one. of course, I always say rhinos. So I didn't think. I know. That. We don't think. But you, you make it fit however you need to. <laughs> yeah. Much like tit. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, um, that, do we know how many we got? I'll have to go back and listen. Probably five. It was more than five. I don't think so. I think it was. I don't I don't think so. I will go back and check, and I am willing to bet you that it was like at least seven. I think mm. it's at least seven. I hope so. <laughs> okay. Or else it's really sad. I'll pack up my bags. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of episode 115. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast.